The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello and welcome back to the What We Said podcast. Happy Friday. It's the last Friday of February. February. And <laughs> someone was like, you guys have had this conversation about February five times. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. We're, We're always dumb. trying to figure out how to pronounce it. I know. Every year. <laughs> well, because now it's the same thing with accessories. I used to say accessories. Mm-hmm. And then now every time I say, even though I say it right now, accessories, like I still, every time that word comes out of my mouth, I double, you know, double, double take. guess. Double guess. Oh no, not another <laughs> one. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was just Do a on, double take. <laughs> I was just on Girls Camp on the podcast and I there were three different times in the podcast where I had to literally I was like, where was I going with that? Or <laughs> I and I'm like, so maybe the pregnancy brain thing is a real it is thing real. because I literally couldn't connect my two thoughts or I would just completely forget what I was talking about. I'm like, I don't anyway. Yeah. Moving on to something else, I guess. I literally <laughs> couldn't think of Tick- anyway. So according to TikTok doctors, pregnancy brain is real because your brain literally has to give some of its power to creating human life you know Mm -hmm. it's got to start focusing on the other things going on in the body so you don't have all focus on other things so I feel I'm like half my brain is actually gone it's checked out yeah doing something else yeah it's gone fishing (laughs) I feel that we can't believe it's the end the end of the month already shortest month ever can't believe we're already doing another advice column I know. We're ready to give you guys the best advice you've ever heard. The best advice ever. Before we start, first of all, I'm sorry about my voice. I know it's extra sexy today, but (laughs) I caught a cold, as one does in their third trimester. So sorry for the the crass. The crassness. I'm trying to keep my distance. (laughs) I I don't want to catch this thing. I know. I had a few thoughts written down that I'm going to reference now because I don't remember them at the moment. Oh, number one. Let's talk about bear hibernation. Oh, okay. <laughs> How, what do you think bears are doing when they're hibernating? Oh, I know they're not sleeping, right? Yeah, they're not they're sleeping doing. the whole time. Hibernation for bears. Leif and I were watching like a nature, whatever, animal show, and it showed a bear, and then it was talking about like, oh, they've come out from hibernation. And I was like, How long do they hibernate for? And Leif was like, I think when they hibernate, they don't have to like eat. Hibernation for bears simply means they don't need to eat or drink. And rarely urinate or defecate or not at all for oh. literally seven months. Oh, it's a long time. I was thinking like three months, three, four months. I'm not kidding. I'm like, wait, <laughs> did everyone know that but me? Like you do, literally bears don't have to eat for seven months. I think most of us thought, I mean, the only reason I know this is because of TikTok a while ago. They're like, did you guys know when like animals hibernate? They're not sleeping. That's the only reason I know it's because they're not sleeping. But, you know, I figured they sleep and they don't. They go into a coma for like four months. That's what I used to think. Yeah, they're just in a And they don't somewhere. have to eat because it's like, oh, they have to eat before hibernation, you know? So they just are like storing up fat and then they can Sounds literally go nice. seven months. It says like four to seven months, but there was one that was reported like seven and a half or even longer months of not eating. I'm like, okay, I don't know why I'm shook by that information. Or defecate? Yeah, because they they're not poop. eating. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That would be nice. You just take a break from surviving, from living. Yeah. For literally eight months, like more, sometimes more than half a year. Good for them. Anyway. for bears. Wanted to touch on that. Thought that was an interesting fact we should all know. Yeah. What are your other thoughts? Oh, really the only other thought, I didn't want to like get into all this because again, it won't be like super current, but I was just thinking about the fact that like The Bachelor is truly the most savage show. I think it is the most savage out of any of the shows. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like, even though, I don't know, on Love Island, you can, like, steal someone. I don't know. But The Bachelor, I'm like, cutthroat. This would give you psychological damage for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. If you were a contestant on the show, I'm not kidding. It would yeah. take years of therapy to undo what has, has been done to you, if you, especially if you made it really far. And then... Or if you're one of the top two people and you <gasps> literally think you are going to get engaged. No, the the second, the runner-up is the worst. You go in, you're smiling, you have like your vows written for them. And they say, you're about to like get down on your knee if you're a boy or whatever. And they're like, stop. And you're like, oh, I bet your heart just drops into your literal butt. It's so sad. Like, 
I was even just thinking already at the stage of The Bachelor's that, and we're not even at final, like, top four or anything. There's still, like, a lot of girls left. And I'm like, that would be so devastating to really genuinely be like, I have really strong feelings for dating you. Dating him. Dating him. Essentially, you you feel like he's your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, you know, when they go on an awesome date with him, they go on this one-on-one and they like tell him they're falling for him and they're like, the chemistry's there. And then literally the next day, it's like a different girl's going on a date with him. And you're like, that's my boyfriend. Like, yeah. it would be such a trip. And you're also friends with them and you're trying to be like a girl's girl, but yeah. you're also like, they get a date. You're like cheering for them, yeah. but you're like, that's my boyfriend. And then to top it all off, I wanted to say, even though I think this season of The Bachelor is a lot better, like I'm actually really invested in it. I like watching it every week. They have got to show us more substance and conversation. They have got to. I agree. I'm sick of hearing the same thing over and over again. I saw, I mean, take a shot every time I say TikTok in this episode so far, but I did see a girl just make a TikTok about how there's like four phrases that they say and that's it. They'll be like, I think I'm falling for you. I'm excited to get see where this could go. But then where it goes is like, okay, here's my family trauma or something horrible yeah. that happened to me. And then it's us talking about our like what we could be or our connection or something. It's never it, like there's actually never a conversation. Full picture. Yeah. There's never a full picture of like, even sometimes when they'll show like little bloopers or something, I'm like, oh, that's giving me more insight into their relationship and their Mm -hmm. dynamic than what you showed me. You showed me him saying, I really could picture her as my wife. Yes. Her dumping her trauma on him and then them making out and being like, I'm excited to see, yeah. Yeah, our connection growing. It's like, show me more of their genuine conversations. That's why I think- Or them being playful or something. Yeah. Like, that's why on Love Island, you can actually Mm -hmm. see- you see a lot more of the dynamic. So you really do like get a sense of like, oh, I think these these two could really make mm-hmm. it work. Whereas I feel like it's really hard to gauge who's going to be the one on The Bachelor or even just the dynamics they have because they're not showing anything, any conversations that are important really. No, and sometimes it takes you by surprise when he's talking to a certain girl and he's like, I'm just so drawn to you. It's like, I've never seen you guys speak or look in her direction. No. What are you speaking? What are you talking yeah. about? Is there just, something we're missing? Just a note, to, you know, if there's any bachelor writers or producers that happen to be Valley Girls, maybe just show us some more. Give us a little more insight and context because I think it would make the show a lot better. Yeah, even Daisy, his conversation with Daisy, where they're talking about baby names, mm-hmm. a little more of that. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, that yeah, shows exactly. like oh, they have like this playful whatever. Maybe they don't talk about. Maybe they just don't talk about that stuff. Like I wonder if because you only have. 10 also I'm wondering how much time they, they have. have on that date with them yeah like it, or if they're on a group date you know how they have the little after party where uh-huh. they all get time with him I wonder how much time they actually have speaking to him you know what I mean like True. is it 10 minutes because the girls will be freaking out because like, like, I haven't got time with him yeah how long are you there for is it like an hour and you have five minutes to talk <gasps> to him or are you talking to him for like 30, 30 minutes? minutes yeah that's true that's a good point I wonder how much time they do mm-hmm. have. I actually, I also wonder how much time they have when they're on a date with him. Like yeah. when they're on those group dates, is it like two hours for the activity and then they separate and like get ready and then it's like two hours for dinner? Or yeah. is it like shorter, all longer, day. all yeah. day? Like, because let us know. Yeah. 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 I would really like to know that. That would be context that would be necessary as well. Cause if they have so much time with him, yes, yeah, show us more. But maybe that's genuinely all they say. Maybe they have 10 no. minutes with him and they sit down and they're like, I do not hey, believe that. Hey, we have a connection. Sometimes even, I watched like the first episode of Love is Blind, the new season. And their conversations are kind of similar too. Like they'll show a little more, you know, fun at the beginning. But at a certain point, and I wonder, I maybe I just forget that's how it is when you're dating. Like all they talk about is liking each other, but they don't talk about like other things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they'll be like, it's like, how do you I know just want to like- hug you. Oh, like, well, like. Just talking about things I'm like, like how did we get to point A to point B? Yeah. Like, how do you know you, you know like him? I mean? What is, what have you, I know, what are the conversations mm-hmm. been? Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I'll still be tuning in. Same. Did you guys know Easter is happening early this year? We were just saying how we didn't know it was on March 31st. Usually you think uh, the Easter Bunny comes in April, but this year, Sunday, March 31st is Easter. So Macy's... 
as you covered, as they always do. Thank you to Macy's for sponsoring this episode. So last year, I got a lot of stuff for Easter from Macy's. I remember filling up most of Case's um, Easter basket with some toys that they have. I got him some like little bouncy soft balls, like basketball, soccer ball. There was like a little cute little stuffed bunny I got from there. They have books. They also have like Toys R Us Easter basket goodies. So they have plenty for the whole fam. They also have beautiful outfits as well for your Easter situation. I feel like Easter is one of those holidays that really creeps up and it just happens. And I'm like, oh, I, I've prepped nothing. You know, I've haven't done any decorating. And I think even if you don't have kids, sometimes it's fun. Even if you have just want to get an Easter little Easter basket for yourself, you know, for some self-love or for your spouse, like it's still fun to just celebrate those little holiday moments. So whether you need stuff to fill up the Easter basket or like Chelsea mentioned, just want like a cute outfit to wear to brunch or to church or whatever your Easter plans are, they've got you covered. They have lots of cute spring-ish outfits for Everyone involved, also accessories, shoes, makeup, fragrance, anything you need. Macy's got you covered. I also got some serveware for like an Easter brunch last time. They have the cutest like spring themed like little egg holders or little um, just brunch, different brunch serveware that have like florals on them. They have so many cute things. So you can find it all in store and online at Macy's.com. Something that I've taken away from our little 75 hard Valley Girl Edition challenge has been how just a small little action can make a big difference in your life. And, you know, even if it's just waking up and doing a little bit of meditation or journaling or anything like that, something that just takes a few minutes a day can have lasting effects, especially if you are consistent with it. And that leads us into today's sponsor, which is Seed. So Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic benefits your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. Their packaging is also beautiful. I might add, if you've probably seen them on social media, it's green and it's gorgeous. It's really easy to just pop two in the morning, you know, on your way to work with some water um, or with your breakfast. And like I said, it can make a very big difference in how you're feeling with your digestion, regularity, your skin, We've learned how important your gut health is just to pretty much your entire body and functionality. So having a probiotic that you trust and that is scientifically backed is very, very important. Yes, it is backed by science, lots of science. So DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed's scientific board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. With new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research, development, and innovation program make DSO-1 a product that you know you can trust. Also, probiotics and prebiotics work best when used consistently, like other routine health habits. So they have a subscription service that easily builds DSO-1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash WWS and use code 25WWS to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash WWS, code 25WWS. There's been some good TV shows lately. I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race, the new season. It's really good. Traders. Have you watched Traders? Mm -mm. On Peacock. I watched the first season a while. I think when my first trimester, it was went through the trenches with me, but it's super good. Mm. I think I maybe talked about it I on the podcast, but they have a new season, Pilot Pete's on it. Oh, that's right. I did see something <laughs> about that. And I'll give you a hint of someone else who, wait, did I already tell you? I'll give you one hint of someone else who's on it that you're going to be surprised. <laughs> I think you told, did tell me, but I can't remember who it is right now. Give me a hint. Let's go. Fergie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did tell me that. No, that's He's something. On Hold on. Him, I think they're still together. Him and that girl, Taylor, that he like went home with. I, I saw recently. It actually was probably a month or two ago. I need to double check. They were like on live together. What? Still dating. I was I remember her. Taylor. I'm drawing a blank. I'll have to show you a photo of them. I was literally like, Go wait, I cannot believe that like they lasted. Because everyone I thought was kind of like, eh. Everyone's like, that's fake. Like you guys are them. They're still together. Oh, what? I forgot. From Love Island. Slay. Love that. Like, okay, we love to see it. I remember it. her. She was like very well adjusted. I don't know. She's very grounded. I liked her. Yeah, they were actually like 
made sense. <laughs> kind of made sense together. And they were on live, like on my TikTok. I was just scrolling and it was them. And I was like, what I'm the? shocked they're t- like still dating. Yeah. And they were actually like being very funny together. I was like, huh. Cute. Maybe it worked. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah, so they lasted longer than any of the other ones. Yeah. Like all the other people broke up. Oh my gosh. I was shook. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, on Trader, they just, they have like a bunch of people like that. Yeah. He's the first one I've ever seen from Love Island, but there's someone from Bling Empire. Did you ever watch that mm-hmm. show on Netflix? Kevin. He's funny. A lot of people from Survivor mm. or like Big Brother will be on there. It's really good. Oh, I just want another season of Survivor. Isn't it coming soon? My favorite. Like a month or two? I think it's coming soon. Yeah. yeah. I think it actually is. Maybe. You guys would. But you I gotta like, binge. I cannot watch yeah. it weekly. I've got to have like a few episodes at a time. That's how I feel about Traders. It's so hard. Mm. It's because it's come out weekly. But I feel like you and Leif would like it. It's really good. It's like Mafia, pretty much. Yeah, live, and they live in this beautiful mansion in in Scot. I almost said Scottsdale, Scotland, <laughs> Scotland. It's really good. And yeah, Vanderpump Rules is on. Have you been watching that? <sighs> I haven't really been in my TV era because I'm finally a. Living person. Living, breathing human being who can actually do things. And I feel like I've been watching, I had been watching so much TV. And now, like, if I am able to, I don't want to be sitting down. Because that's what I've been doing for the past four months. It's true. I will say the positive thing, because this is how I watch, is like, the positive thing about things coming out weekly is I have like a show a night. So it's like, Monday night's The Bachelor, Tuesday night's Vanderpump Rules, Thursday night's Traders. Friday night is RuPaul. So every yeah, night I have nice. something to watch where it's like I have an episode and I'm good to go. Yeah, that is kind of nice. I do like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll pro- I will I should start watching Traders. It's good. Yeah, I feel like I'm sure I'd like it. Pilot P actually slays in it. I'm not going to lie. Really? I yeah. was going to say, I don't want to watch him on my TV, to be honest with you. No, he I don't want to watch this. <laughs> I'm done. He has a redemption arc. Really? Well, I mean, he just is good. He's good at it. And he's like, he's... Not in a dating scenario. So right, true, you're seeing I guess. a different side to him where it's like. Just like a normal guy not yeah. trying to date. And he's his, actually pretty his smart. His season of The Bachelor was one of the worst the on worst. the planet. Or was it the best because of yeah, it? Yeah, it was kind of. He had of Victoria. True. It uh, was It was actually very entertaining, but just like the actual. <sighs> yeah. Who won? Because Kelly didn't win. He, he like sent her home. She was like fourth. And then he, they ended up dating for a yeah. while after. Not Maddie Pruitt. Han- she- no, Hannah won. He proposed Hannah to Ann. her. And then he was like, wait, no. Kind of tried to, to go Maddie. back to Maddie. It was this whole thing. That's why I that's why I lost faith in him mm-hmm. because he proposed to one girl, then was like, never mind, went back to the second, you know, the runner up. And yeah. first of all, also all of them took him back, which was very interesting. Yeah. And then dropped her and went to like the fourth girl, Kelly. And they actually dated for like a year yeah. or something. But then they broke I liked up Kelly too. a lot. Yeah, I, I liked her a lot too. She- she seemed cool. I, you know, from this show, I could see why girls would take him back. Not like he's the sexiest man alive. <laughs> no, but but it just shows you more than I the think you have a connection. Say it again. Like <laughs> <laughs> it shows you more than that. Where it's like, oh, he's actually a with it, smart, like normal, down to earth guy. You guys, if you don't know <laughs> what we're talking about. Google or look it up somewhere. He I think it was Maddie, Maddie when she said she loved him. He is like, him. What? It's him saying, <laughs> her saying she's in love with them, or like I'm falling for you, or something like that. And then he goes something about say it again and sticks his tongue out. And it's <laughs> the worst thing. If someone did that to me, I would immediately take back the words yeah. I had just said. I can't imagine watching yourself kiss on television. No. I can't imagine yourself. To be fair, that's watching yourself flirt with someone on television. Uh, especially when you're. I keep thinking about this. With Love Island, they're so young. A lot of them, they're like 22 or 23 when they first go on. All-Stars, they're a little older, I feel like. But a lot of seasons, it's like, I'm 21, I'm 22, I'm 23. Imagine you at 21. Flirting uh, with a guy on national television yeah. and kissing them. Oh, oh and you're <gasps> you're so like not secure in yourself. So you just do cringy things. Oh, and you no. say desperate things. Or like, yes. just do things that are stupid. It's so true. And then everyone's judging you so harshly. Yeah. Yikes. Watching yourself. Oh, I can't. It's a good thing Love Island comes out while they're in the villa. I doubt they ever go back and watch. Yeah. Bachelor, d- it's like you're watching your... That was months ago and you watch every week with everyone else. You're sitting on your couch cringing. That would be really a weird experience to be on any reality TV show. To not really know what's been said like in other interviews, mm-hmm. in other places. Confessionals. And, yeah, and stuff. And then you watch it back and you're like, 
Yeah. You see things that people said about you or just about situations that you're like, I had no idea that was going on. Yeah. That would be so... More context. Bizarre. Anyway, anything else? Should we get into this advice? Okay, here we go. I'll go first. I just broke off my relationship of three years. I'm graduating college this year and he just dropped out for the second time. He is so sweet and cared for me so much, but I freaked out that he doesn't really know where he is going in life when I do. I'm worried I should have stayed because he has so many great qualities and values that are hard to find in guys these days. Unfortunately, a stable idea of his future was not one of them. How Um, many years? Three? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you probably broke up with him for a reason. Unless you're having like serious, serious doubts about breaking up with him. And regrets. Yeah, and maybe you acted like impulsively. But if this is something you've been thinking about for a while, it's really bothering you, you know. I mean, I think that that's a valid reason to break up with someone, honestly. It really depends on what you value in life. But that could extend to a lot of different areas. Like him not having a certain view of his future could also make him uncertain in other ways that make you feel uncomfortable and maybe yeah. you want something more stable and yeah he's not it exactly I agree I think you broke up with him for a reason if you are having really serious yeah. regrets then maybe that's something to consider or talk to him about but like if you go on I think you should go on a bunch of more date a bunch more dates and with start, other people yeah and start dating other people and I feel like it'll be pretty clear to you Like, if you're going on some dates, maybe you even start dating someone else and it's like, okay, I was thinking the grass was greener, but maybe I was just, like, having some whatever. Then you'll know. Or maybe you'll start dating other people and be like, oh, no, I was right in breaking up with him and there's someone else for me. Yeah. Agree. Who has everything I want. Plus, you know. You know, you can't. I like the quote. I don't even know if this is the quote. Something about, like, you can't miss what's meant for you. I feel Mm -hmm. like if you guys are meant to be together and if you both love each other and you, you know, he goes off and dates some people, you date some people, and you're just like, no one's hitting, no one yeah. gets me like you, you know, then you'll find your, your way back to each other, and I feel like nothing will be in the way of that. Exactly. I agree. Okay. Me and my boyfriend are high school sweethearts. He wants to get married in college, and I want to wait until after our college. What should I do? We both have degrees in the medical field, and we go to college 30 minutes away. I think waiting would be more wise, but I also can't wait to marry him. When will I feel old enough to marry him? I feel like a child. Help. <laughs> Wait, so how old are they? They're probably, they're in college. They haven't graduated yet. No. Probably like 22, 23. Okay. And they're in medical school. I mean, if you're waiting for like a time you're less busy, if you're in medical school, I mean, I don't foresee it getting, I'm not saying you have to get married right now, but I don't see it getting less busy mm-hmm. for another. <laughs> if I know anything about medical school, which I don't know much, but if you're going to be, you know, residency or whatever I feel like that takes a long time like years so if you're waiting for that maybe there's really never a good time but if you're just waiting to get a little bit older I I see nothing wrong with that me neither you don't have to you know you can compromise yeah in the middle if you want to wait four years he wants to wait one maybe you wait three years (laughs) maybe wait four just like you wanted (laughs) no I I feel like there's As all people say, when they get a little bit older, there's no rush. Like, I just feel like a lot of times when you're younger, you feel rushed to do things. And as you get older, you realize that there was no need to be rushed Mm -hmm. in like any regard, literally with anything, like with your career or with who you want to be with Mm -hmm. or with having kids up to a certain age, then maybe you got to get going. I don't know. But I feel like. A lot of times, especially if you know that you guys want to get married, like, yeah, then I don't see really a problem with doing it sooner or later. It's yeah. really just a preference thing. I was going to say, you could kind of just wait until it makes your life easier and it's not super difficult because maybe in college it's harder logistically, you to know, like, to get married, plan the wedding. Maybe in a couple of years, it'll just be easier, make more sense. You guys can live, you know, yeah. together. Slow maybe better. you already live together, but I'm saying like maybe you guys could whatever you want to do. You know, maybe it's just easier later. Yeah. So I agree. don't force it, but also don't resist it. You know, just go with the flow. I agree. Okay. How do you block out the noise when making parenting decisions or life decisions in general? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it is so hard to let go and just accept judgment from whoever is going to dish it out. Trying to learn to go with my gut, but it's a struggle. I think 
once you learn to make your own life decisions, I mean, this is how it was for me. It's like, as soon as I got, got, got confident making my own life decisions and being like, I'm my own person. I can do what I want. I don't care what anyone says. I became a parent. And then it was like a whole new struggle of like, okay, I now have this half of me that is almost like mama bear protective. Who cares what anyone else thinks? It's like all about protecting my child. But the other hand is, for me at least, the noise sometimes isn't necessarily like, oh, I care what they think about me. It's like, am I making the right decision? Mm-hmm. Like, am I doing the right thing for my child? It's no longer, okay, I'll suffer the consequences. It's like now if I make the wrong decision, someone else will be suffering the consequences. So I think it just takes time. I don't, I know it's like an annoying answer, but I feel like, I don't know if you're a new parent or you've been a parent for a while, but I feel like it just takes time to kind of get in your flow and get confidence. Cause you're, if, if you're new to it, it's gonna inevitably be like a little, at least it was for me, like some specific decisions. You're like, oh, I need guidance. Like I need help. Then you start listening to everybody. And then it does turn into noise where it's like, oh, I'm realizing everybody has a completely different opinion. So I back to myself. I'm back to like my own intuition and I just have to listen to myself. Yeah. I have no advice. Yeah. I'm not a parent yet, but I, I don't know. Did she literally just said like how to block out the noise? Yeah. Just, just stop listening to people. I don't know yeah. how else to like yeah. be... That seems cut just, contact. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> it cut everyone out of your life. No, I just feel like also don't ask advice from people who you don't want it from. Yeah, like maybe that sounds rude, but I feel like if certain people don't parent like the way you would parent, it's like don't ask mm-hmm. them for their advice ever because you're probably not going to like it or it's going to be stressful to you. Yeah. So maybe you have everyone in your life. I feel like. For me, at least, it's like I look up to them in different ways. Like there are certain people who I would like, you know, definitely go to even just like my mom. Like I would trust personally, I would trust my mom with like certain parenting things because Mm -hmm. obviously she raised me and she raised my brothers and I love how she raised us. So like there are certain things I would go to her with, you know, people write in and will say the opposite. They're like, my mom always, you know, so it's just like go to who you trust for guidance and who's like you feel like has a non-judgmental vibe and then Mm -hmm. literally block everyone else out when it comes to like advice like don't ask for advice just do your thing I don't know yeah and just work on your own confidence because the more confident you are in your parenting the less it will affect you I feel like at the beginning sometimes or at different times maybe you can feel not confident about the way you're parenting because maybe you're again you're new at it or yeah there's a change going on whatever and yeah it'll take time to like gain confidence in it and then you won't care. I feel so. like one of the most exciting parts about parenting is that you get to do it your own way. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I'm most excited for, literally, yeah. about being a parent, which I guess is, you know, I could very well have moments where I'm like, what the, I don't know what to do in this scenario. Of course, like, I'm not saying I know what to do, but yeah. I think like it's, if you kind of frame it like, okay, I am the parent to these kids for a reason. And like, I'm excited to do that my own way. I don't really need to like, constantly seek things outside of myself this is how I feel at least mm-hmm. like to figure out what to do just kind of follow my intuition and again get advice from people who I trust yeah but yeah you and get to do it your own way that's the cool part exactly and there are so many different people who do parenting there, there's no one who parents the same as you and there never will be and it is nice it's like you were saying you there are even parents that I would go to for certain aspects, but not other aspects of parenting. It's like, oh, how do you feed your kid? Or how do you get them down for a nap or whatever? I would trust them in other aspects. Probably wouldn't trust them because I don't align with with what what they they do. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like you'll, you'll do it. Just takes time. You'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Just all of the. (laughs) We're like, yeah, you'll figure it out. (laughs) Okay. I'm 15 weeks pregnant after three losses. JC, how have you coped with all the anxieties that creep in now that you're finally pregnant? This pregnancy feels like it has so much pressure to just go well now that I've made it this far, but I'm still so worried something will go wrong. I know I can't live the next 25 weeks in complete fear every day anymore, though. Just know that is so normal, mm-hmm. I think. I've, it's comforting to me to—I've I've heard that a lot from people who have experienced loss or gone through infertility. They're like— you know, I thought when I got pregnant, it would just be like the best day ever, which it is obviously. But at the same time, you're like, 
have these all these new fears unlocked where you're like, oh my gosh, like I've gotten bad news before. I've had losses before. I've gone through this and like I don't want that to happen again. And it really creates a lot of anxiety. I've had a lot of anxiety during this entire pregnancy, which really surprised me. I thought, like I said, that it'd be like, I finally got what I wanted. Yay. And it would just be like smooth sailing. But like at every scan, at every before every appointment to check on things, I'm always just like, oh, I'm so like, I hope everything's okay, which hasn't been my normal. I've never been a very anxious person or like a high stress person like that. And so I'm letting you know that to say like, I do think it's normal. And something that I personally believe is that just because you're nervous about like going in for scans or whatever what I was trying to remind myself constantly is that's not an indication that it's a gut feeling and something is wrong. That's just simply you loving your baby and you've gone through a lot and you really want everything to be okay. Mm -hmm. And that's why you care. And that's why you're nervous. And in my situation, like I've been lucky that everything has been good news. Like since I've gotten pregnant, I was terrified. Like, you know, at the seven week ultrasound, it's like, okay, we have to see if there's a heartbeat or there was a one before that. I was like, let's see if there's a gestational sac. And I was like, oh my gosh, is it going to be there? And then it was. And then, okay, like, let's see if there's a heartbeat. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, and then he's like, yep, there's the heartbeat. And I'm like, okay, great. And then just every everything, truly, I've been worried. And they're always like, everything's healthy. And so, I don't know. All that to say, clearly, my anxiety was not a gut feeling that something was terribly wrong. It was just simply anxiety and worry. And that's completely normal. And I think there's, unfortunately, no solution. I think... If anything, like stop Googling yeah. things and maybe stop like numbing out or trying to find ways to like, I don't know, and just kind of like feel it and maybe even journal. I did journal a few times like I'm feeling worried about this and kind of like by the end of writing it all out, I'm like, I feel a little bit better. I feel like it's probably all fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. There's really no answer though. I know. I feel like you just have to get through it sometimes, but… I mean, I don't have advice specifically for that, but in the birth class that I was taking, she was talking about, you know, maybe this could relate is why I'm bringing it up is she was talking about how so many women have fear going into birth because of horror stories that they hear, yeah. or maybe they have had a bad experience or, you know, with previous births, whatever it is. And she was saying like something that helped her, which before I had my first baby, I was obviously terrified as well to give birth. Like I was not... I didn't really have any close friends who had done it. I'd only heard my mom and, you know, and then TikToks, horror stories, the ones that are just like, or social media or people tend to tell you the most shocking thing about the birth, which you start to get very scared about it. And so you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so hard. This is going to be so scary. And all of these things could go wrong. Like now I know a million different things that could go wrong and horrific in my birth. And she was saying, you know, when people tell you things or when you see things, or even if you're telling yourself about a, a past like your history tell yourself like I can hold space for that and I'm sorry for that but that doesn't have to be my story this time and just kind of like leave it open not like that won't be me yeah because then that feels like you're putting lying to yourself yeah Yeah. but it's just like that doesn't have to be my story I'm open to something else something good possibly happening which actually really helped me going into birth I was like you know what that is good to not always think the worst case scenario is going to happen to you yeah I think that definitely applies here And that's something I tried to do, too, is just kind of being open. Like, you know, there's a chance I could get bad news. There's also even a better chance that it's all going to be completely normal. Yeah. And I think that it's good to focus on that, even if, you know, at the end of the day, which this is the (laughs) obvious, this is the most obvious take ever. But it's like what's going to happen will happen. And it's better to have not like, you know, I this is what I kept trying to say to myself at like my scans is like what's happening in there is happening and so I would rather be as I'm sure anyone would like less anxious day to day and like just enjoying the situation and then I can cross that bridge when I come to it yeah when it happens which again is very much easier said than done but I think that's a good point honestly is like getting off social media or stopping googling a lot Mm -hmm. I would find that those would be the worst days for me is when I'm like constantly scrolling and I would see also like horrible, like I, you know, showed up for this scan and this happened and I was like, oh my gosh, Yeah, and they always know exactly what scan you're about to go to. Yes, like, and then once you watch it, you get sent more videos like that and I think that would really stress me out and then I would like be Googling things like, what are the chances of this happening? And it's just like, Mm -hmm. 
let's regroup. Let's do a little meditation. Yeah. Let's journal out some thoughts. And then I went to the skin and everything was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Abby, you guys know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> she was telling me about anxiety, how she's dealt with anxiety disorder her whole life. And she was saying something that's very helpful for her is scheduling time to worry about things. So it's like specifically for pregnancy, you know, appointments or things like that. You could probably, you can schedule it for, for after the thing. It's like, okay, or 10 minutes before I go, I'm going to have the 10 minutes of worrying. But if it's like a week away, I'll worry about it then. Like I'll yeah. save my worrying for then. And she says that's very helpful. So that's another little I like that. tip. All right, ladies, listen up. Let's talk about Newly. It's the best thing ever, especially if you are a shopping, uh, online shopping girly like myself um, who likes to have new outfits for trips or events or just day to day. Newly is the best. It is where I get so many of my um, outfits for my trips. So recently we went to a cabin and I got, I didn't, I don't really have that much um, like cold weather clothes because we live in sunny SoCal. So I, um, if you've seen my Instagram post, I was wearing like a very fluffy, furry white coat. I got that from Newly. I also got like some maternity stuff from there. Like I got some maternity jeans. I got this jumpsuit from Newly and it saves my butt and it saves me money. So with Newly, it's a subscription clothing rental service. So for just $98 a month, you can get any six styles you want each month, which is amazing. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands and they have really, really good brands. They have like free people, selkie dresses um, for love and lemons, anthropology, a goldie jeans. Like they have a ton of really, really good high quality stuff that would be way, way more expensive, obviously, if you were to actually purchase them yourself. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity Fast and free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facilities. So there's no laundry for you to worry about, which is also amazing. And there's also the option to buy what you love, sometimes up to 75% off. I've done this multiple times with things I've gotten from Newly. I've rented it, worn it, and been like, wait, I really, really love this and I actually want to keep it. And you can buy it for a discount, which is amazing. It's also just fun. You can kind of get creative and explore your style without making commitments. It's sustainable because it's kinder on the planet. Your orders are shipped in recycled and recyclable and reusable totes. No plastic packaging. And it's also flexible. So there are no late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you like lose a button or if you spill something on a dress that you ordered or whatever it is. So Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code what we said 20. Just go to n u u l y.com, that's Newly with two u's and enter the code what we said 20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's n u u l y.com, Newly with two u's with code what we said 20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Having a rough skin day or week or month has always affected my confidence, honestly, more than most things do because I just feel like when my skin is not cooperating, whether it's dry or I have acne or whatever the case may be, then, you know, my makeup and my skincare is not laying on as smooth and I just feel definitely less confident overall. And that is why we're excited about our sponsor, Apostrophe. So Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin, whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring. Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. It's an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. Through Apostrophe, you can get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear acne. This is very convenient. I once went like in person to see someone about my skin and I realized that you can get actually the same type of products on apostrophe online and it's just like a much more seamless process without having to actually go physically in somewhere, you know, make an appointment and all of that. It's just a lot easier, honestly. And especially if you're dealing with acne, this can just be super, super helpful. So you just simply fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and medical history then snap a few selfies and a dermatology provider will create a customized treatment plan just for you. So for example, if you want to work on like dark spots or improve your skin texture, something like that, Apostrophe offers access to prescription treatments for all types of acne from hormonal acne, facial acne, even back, chest, and butt acne. That's right. Treat breakouts from head to toe. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash what we said. 
when you use our code what we said that's a savings of $15 this code is only available to our listeners so to get started just go to apostrophe.com/whatwesaid click get started then use our code what we said at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5 thank you apostrophe for sponsoring this episode Okay, my next one. How did you know when you were ready to have kids? I think I'm ready. And then there are little moments I think, dang, I won't get to do this certain thing anymore. Or I get a little torn thinking it won't just be me and my husband anymore. Is that normal? I think that's very normal. I think, especially when you first start thinking about having kids, like you're like, okay, I'm ready. A logical mind is always going to start being like, well, let's consider the options. Like what are the pros and cons? What's What am I gonna miss out on? And I think that's like almost part of if you think, if you, it sounds like you know you're ready. We, well, you did say that. Like, or you said, I think I'm ready. But they're just, this is, again, even with like marriage and stuff, you're like, when you know, you know. But for me, at least, there have been times where it's like, I know I'm ready. Not necessarily to get pregnant tomorrow, but it's like, I know I'm ready. Like, I will literally go from, I do not, like people be like, when are you guys going to have kids? I'm like, I'm not thinking about it. I don't want to do that. Like blah, blah, blah. And then literally I'll just wake up one day and I'm like, have hmm. the desire. Yeah. The desire is there. And I think it's time to start. That being said, I wasn't like, I know I'm ready and everything is going to be, I think it's very normal to be like, oh wait, it's not going to be just us anymore. Or like these things are going to, it's just kind of like mourning the passage of time as well. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was my second as well. Like people are like, when are you going to have your second? When are you going to have your second? I'm like, oh my gosh, don't even talk to me. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to have another kid. Like not ready for that and then one day I was like it's time yeah <laughs> you know kind you, of you kind of thing yeah it's you start to know when you're ready but I think it's also that that being said I also was like oh but then you know I'm gonna have two kids and it'll be a lot crazier and you just start thinking of my life won't be the same and that's just dealing with change so yeah I think it's good to think about obviously having kids is a massive decision and I don't think it's one that you should take lightly at all mm-hmm. like not that I I'm not trying to scare anyone. I don't even know what it's like to have a kid, obviously. But I think like it really is such a huge decision that I think it is good to if you feel the desire to like think about it, to Mm -hmm. think about why you have the desire, where it's coming from. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I like I said, I was on the Girls Camp podcast talking about infertility. It should be out by now or I think it maybe comes out this week. But we talked a lot about just infertility and faith and all this stuff kind of combined and I was saying like you know when I couldn't get pregnant for a little while I did start to have this like desperate feeling but then when I really broke it down I realized that the desperation I was feeling it really actually didn't feel like my authentic feeling like when I really broke it down and I was like why do I feel so desperate to like get pregnant the desperation stemmed from a lot of different things one of them just being like I felt panicky because I, it wasn't happening. And so by nature, you kind of just are like, oh, I need to try harder. Need like, I, I want it more. Yeah. So I realized like, okay, I'm panicking because I'm afraid it will never happen. So that's one reason why I'm feeling desperate. Two, I'm I'm witnessing a lot of my best friends and my closest people in my life getting pregnant. Three, where I grew up, it was very common to get pregnant, literally have kids immediately upon like even getting married and having kids pretty young. And so all those things combined are making me feel like I need to have kids. And when again, when I pulled back and when I stripped back, I'm like, I'm really not that desperate for it to happen like right now. I'm just letting all these things like this noise affect me in this way. And I'm not saying she's doing that at all. That's just my personal experience. But I think sometimes, again, if you're like, oh, I'm feeling the desire to have kids to just like think about it more and be like, okay, so why am I having that desire? Well, I think it's, you know, a good time in my life and maybe and then you might be like, I think I'm like, I want to try like that sounds exciting. I don't think I think it's completely normal for you to be like, oh, that's kind of going to be sad. It's not just going to yeah. be me and like my husband anymore. Like that's totally normal. Mm-hmm. And it, that shouldn't necessarily prohibit you from having kids right now I just think it is good to like think about those decisions yeah and I feel well I mean again I can only speak for myself but I feel like there is a moment from what I'm gauging from the couple sentences you wrote like there's a moment where the desire becomes more than the other things where it's like like, the fear yeah the fear or like the the things where you know you're debating like, okay, are we in a financially good place to have kids? Are we, you know, is our relationship in a good place? Like those are very important things to think about. And then if those are all checking off and then what is holding you back is like smaller things, like you're kind of saying, there is a moment where your desire, you kind of like a gut feeling knows like, okay, I, this is me who's wanting it. And 
these little things are going to be sad, but I just have to kind of get past these sad things in order to like get what I actually desire. You know, if you really are wanting to have kids. And I think, you know, I think you. I think so too. I think, I think even like now, cause, cause again, like growing up, I always heard the phrase, like, you'll never be ready for kids. Like you just have to like do it. And like the older I've gotten, I'm like, I actually don't necessarily agree with that. Like, I think that I actually do feel ready now, even though I, that doesn't mean I know exactly what's coming and I'm going to be 100% prepared and I'm never going to have hard moment. But it, it is that thing where it like the desire, ready to take it on. yes, I'm ready. And like the desire outweighs the fear of it for mm-hmm. me. I have always been really fearful of motherhood. Like I, which is weird because I have an amazing mom and like, I, you know, whatever, but I've just had, again, I go into that in that other episode, which you guys can listen to because I really go into depth. But like more recently, when we started doing IVF and stuff, I felt this like very strong desire, which I actually had never realized I had never felt before. Mm. So it's like, my point is I was always just like, oh, I'm so scared for how it's going to change like my life. I don't want to lose my independence. Like I'm really passionate about this. I don't want that to go away. And then I kind of had this switch where I was like, I'm not scared of that anymore. Like, I know it will change, but I feel more ready for this change. And it did, there was something in me that felt, I don't know, more aligned with it. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, I agree. My husband and I want to move back to where he's from, where his family is and many friends, great community, etc. My parents did not take this well and felt very hurt and kept saying they feel rejected and so hurt by me and us and that we did not choose them. I didn't view it that way at all. Yes, this would be a 12-hour drive from them, one flight, but say that they will only see us and future kids two times a year. Oh, they're saying that, yeah. I think. I feel awful, but also it is our decision. Help. Oh, that's hard. I don't like this. It's Well, I will say it is hard to make your parents sad. I feel, I feel that way. Like, I don't, you know, when my parents are sad about something like that, which is a very valid thing to be sad about now, especially that I have kids and I think about... What if they moved across the country and they started having kids and, you know, I wouldn't be able to see them all the time? That would obviously make me sad. But that being said, it's not your responsibility. So it is sad. And I, I will validate that. Like, I uh, know. Sorry. You know, it's like when my mom called me, I was like, so you're never coming to Christmas again, which was very dramatic. Stephanie, if you're listening. But I do. I do understand the feeling of like, oh, gosh, because it's kind of the same thing. It's like parents are humans, too. They have to experience the moving on of the passage of time. Like, I remember thinking, why is my mom so sad that I'm going to college? Like, she's literally sobbing and I'm literally just moving out. Like, what is the big deal? I'm not, you know, never going to see her again. I'm literally like moving to Utah. I'll be back at Thanksgiving for a couple weeks, you yeah. know? And now I understand a little more because it's like a marker of a big life change where it's like, when you're the one experiencing it, you're thinking of the exciting things in the future. And I'm not saying you have to change anything for your parents. That's what I'm saying. I'm just giving perspective a little bit where it's like, you know, now I can see, oh my gosh, when, you know, Case one day graduates and goes off to college. It's not that I'm never going to see him again. It's that he will, it'll never be the same. He'll never live with me again. He'll never like, well, maybe, but even if he does, it's never the same. And I think it's more you know, a parent when you are a parent. <laughs> so that being said, I get why they're sad, but it's not your responsibility. Yeah. Like you don't have to change your life for them. So you can be like, I know, I'm sorry. Like it just, this is the way that life is going. And this is our decision. And I will miss you guys. We still obviously love you and we'll make our best effort to see you. But this yeah, is how it is. Yeah. I, I just feel like that's like a, it's really not your responsibility at all to constantly choose, like to, for them to like, you didn't choose us. Like That's not your responsibility to constantly choose your parents. Like, I think that that's a massive burden to place on a child Mm -hmm, to be like, you didn't, you're not exactly what I, you didn't do exactly what I wanted you to do. It's like, you chose to hurt me. The point of being a parent, like, again, I obviously, I agree. It's like, that is sad. And I can picture, even if my parents were like, we're going to move across the country and like, you know, we'll see you and your kids once a year. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of sad. Like, yeah. But I just feel like in general, in life, like you have got to make your own decisions, especially as a family and as a unit. And like, it's really not your responsibility. And you also can't please everyone because like your your husband's family lives somewhere else. So are they like, they're probably sad, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think just that's life. And to validate you, it's it's not your, it's not your yeah. burden to bear like that. And I think it's really unfair to 
place that burden on a kid to be like, you didn't choose us. Like your life is not exactly how I want it to be. It's like, that's not my problem. Exactly. It's one thing for them to be sad. And that's what I was saying. Like, it's valid for them to be sad, but it's not valid to like guilt trip and be like, well, yeah, you didn't choose us. Make you feel bad. Make you feel like you're making the wrong decision. That's not. No. You know, sometimes you have to treat them like when people start doing that, when they start feeling hurt and then they start almost like attacking you. You have to think of it like a, you know, I'm saying this because I have a toddler now, like a toddler tantrum. It's like, okay, I'm going to validate your feelings. I see where you're coming from. This is a big deal to you. But the things that you're doing aren't necessarily my responsibility. Well, yeah, especially with your parents. It's like, aren't my responsibility to be like, oh my gosh, I'm taking that personally. Like, I need to fix that, you know? Just let them have their moment. They'll get over it and move on. Yeah, definitely. They'll be sad. They'll probably maybe guilt trip you a couple more times. That's what parents do, apparently. I've seen it done many times. It's very rare people that like I don't know many people where like their entire family extended family just like lives all right around each other like the same commune literally all of my like my between me and my brother and my parents like we live in three different states Leif's family all lives in different states literally Mm -hmm. every family so like I guess I'm just more used to like everything being spread out but honestly like it was kind of even sad for that to start happening because we did all live in Arizona at one point like everyone just lived in the same spot and it was fun because it's like you see each other a lot but I just think that's the way life goes. Like, yeah. I don't know. My younger brother's girlfriend keeps coming to me seeking advice about their relationship. I love her and most of the time I'm on her side because let's be honest, men can be trash. <laughs> but I don't want to be in the middle of their conflict all the time. How can I tell her that I can't be the person she comes to? Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. hard. She said little brother? Yeah, it's her little brother. I mean, just kind of how you said to us. Like, listen, I want to be there for you, but I can't. Because he's my brother, I'm in a weird position. Like, I can't be constantly knowing everything about your conflicts. And you might need to find a different friend to go to about it because of my position in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like there's really no other thing to say than, yeah. like, you have to kind of say it. I know. And it is hard because how I am with all of my brothers, like, I instantly take their girlfriend's side or yeah. their wife's side. Or I'm always like, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. Even if, like, maybe he was, like, you know, valid in doing it. I'm like, no, girl. Oh, he's so dumb for that. <laughs> like, just because I'm the sister. But yeah. it, it, if maybe that's why she keeps coming to you because she knows right. you're just always you're validating on her, side. her feelings mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, maybe just start switching it up. Start valid. Be yeah. like, mm, you sound well, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a tactful way to put it to just be like, you know, not be like, hey, you need to stop coming to me with this stuff. Mm-hmm. But just like maybe in one of the conversations. You know, that way it's not as like premeditated, like I've been thinking and I don't Mm -hmm, want to be involved in this anymore. But just like maybe naturally within a conversation where she comes to to you. Yeah. Saying something like that within the conversation being like, honestly, this kind of like puts me in a hard spot. Like I know I've talked to you before about, you know, like your little fights and stuff. But like it does put me in a hard spot just because that is my brother. But, you know, and then maybe if she comes to you a second time, you kind of say the same thing. Yeah. Get the hint. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. My husband does not want to wear a wedding ring. Awesome. He says he hates the feeling of things on his fingers. He tried to wear the ring on a necklace for two years. Just recently said he just recently he said that the necklace is uncomfortable for him to wear too. So he stopped wearing it. I've told him so many mm. times that this is important to me that he makes a thoughtful effort to wear a ring, but he still says he can't. Should I be upset? Is it even a big deal if he doesn't wear a ring? Okay. Personally, I couldn't care less, but like but I think it's weird that he's making such That's a point that he say. can't do it. Like, if it's been a long time thing, he's tried multiple avenues and he's like, no, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, I don't want to. I would start being like, okay, I've asked you this many times. I've told you how important it is to me. There's two options here. He's either, and we need more context. He's either a texture, overly sensitive guy. Yeah, like sensory, like, yeah, yeah can't deal. But if this man has ever worn any kind of alpaca sweater, and worn it for a full day, this man can wear a wedding ring. Like, it's really not that big of a deal to wear a wedding ring if it means so much to your wife. And a necklace. How was that bothering you? Like, what, you can't wear a necklace with a ring on it? And, yeah. again, if if she didn't care, but she obviously cares because she's right, writing right, into right. a podcast about it. Right. If, if you were like, eh, I don't care, like, if you wear it or not, whatever. 
But if you really care and it's been going on and he's like so defiant about it, not just like, oh, sorry, I forget. And it's like, I take it off and I misplace it all the time. Yeah. But if it's starting to be like a thing where he's like anti about it. Yeah, it's, it's weird like, how much dude, how much he's pushing back on it. Like, I guess if if that was the case, I'd start to be like, okay, this is like getting weird now. Mm-hmm. I just like personally don't like... To me, that is not a big deal. Like, I don't care. Maybe because I don't wear my wedding ring literally ever. Yeah. But I just like, that's just a non-issue to me. It's like, we know we're married. Like, why do I need to wear a ring every day? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't care personally. Like, if Leif was not wearing his ring, I wouldn't be like, where's your wedding ring? Like, I would just literally not care at all. Yeah. But then if you asked him, like, And then if he's being weird, I'd be like, okay, now you need to wear it. Yeah. No, I I validate that for Mm -hmm. sure. I don't, I don't I know think what the solution just, is. Maybe tell him he should get a tattoo on his finger. Yeah. Tattoo your initial on mm-hmm. his on his ring finger. And That's see what he says. Idea. Or even just like a… What about a silicone? You know how people wear like silicone rings yeah. to like the gym or something? Like would that be better? Yeah. So What's something comfy? Yeah. Comfy. Yeah. You know at that point it's just testing him to see if he's going to do it or not. Yeah. Because if you've already tried the ring, the necklace and he's just really not… Does, does he have… Yeah. That's a… It's a really good question if he has issues wearing other things Mm -hmm. because that's really telling it's like because there are some people it's like i cannot wear a ring i cannot wear jewelry i cannot wear i totally get that like to be be honest i'm kind of like that yeah so i actually completely understand that like there are certain days where i i have like really weird like texture issues and i that's why i wear a lot of times like honestly like very comfy clothes because i can't deal sometimes with tightness or even I don't wear rings very often and I have been not wearing like necklaces very often actually because yeah. sometimes it bothers me. So I get the concept of that. Yeah. For I, sure. But again, if he's not like that in any other area and then it's just the wedding ring, that's yeah. bizarre. He's wearing turtlenecks. If he's wearing <laughs> certain things, if he's wearing jeans in the house, like he can yeah. wear a ring. He can he wear can a ring. Wear ring. Mm-hmm. He'll be fine. Okay, this is my last one. First off, love the pod and have been an avid listener since 2019. Doesn't that feel like a year ago? Yes. Five years ago. No, that's too weird for me. So here it goes. I want another baby so badly, but my little boy is only 11 months and it really scares me thinking about starting over. Those newborn nights were rough. How do you think you know when you're ready and what age gap appeals to y'all? Girl, you're braver than the Marines. I, (laughs) I literally like, that's what I was saying earlier, up until... Well, literally the month before I got pregnant with this one, I was like, no, not even, not even considering getting pregnant. Mostly I was like, I don't want to be pregnant again. Like, you know, all of that. Everyone has their different things where it's like, you think back on it, it gives you a shiver where you're like, oh, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. I remember immediately after giving birth, I was like, the fact that I have to do this again if I want more kids is insane to me. And then your brain literally shuts it out. Just curses you it puts a curse upon you to forget everything and doesn't sound like you're there yet so maybe maybe wait but also who am I to say you know maybe you really really want it and the only thing that's scaring you is the sleep or something but again the kind of the same thing as the earlier advice for me there became a point where my desire and like just my gut feeling of like okay it's time was way stronger than my fears and my resistance to it. Where it was yeah. like one day it just flipped. And it was like, okay, yeah, I'm still a little nervous about certain things. Especially this the second time around, you you know, you know a little too much. So you're like not as blissfully unaware. Yeah. Of those things where it's like, oh, we'll see what happens. It's like, oh my gosh. You know, but again, who knows? Maybe this next newborn phase for you, if you had a rough one, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, your it doesn't story. have to be your story. It can be different. True. Could be worse. Could be better. You never know. So, I mean, if you're asking just my opinion on age gaps, there are like scientific things that you know I've seen people say it takes like a certain amount of time for your body to like 18 plus months for your body to like get back to where it's like healed completely. Some people say more. Some say that's like the ideal for your body, but. Again, almost it's like, I mean, I just feel like our women's bodies are so amazing and they can do incredible things. And then they just like keep living life. Like you create life, you push it out. I was, the, oh, the reason I think this because I was listening to one of my birth courses and I, I started reading Ina May's 
Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. It's like a really popular birth book, but she tells a bunch of like birthing stories and she was talking about how pushing a baby out of you is <laughs> like the biggest thing that will ever come out of any hole in anyone's body at any time ever and just how like incredible it is. And so that's a tangent that I didn't necessarily mean. I'm like, we are incredible. But <laughs> that being said, you know, 11 months isn't three months. If you want to get them done quick, go for it. But for me, I wanted to wait like at least 18 months to get started. I didn't, you know, know what was going to happen so quickly. I'd be like, okay, two years, maybe three years. I've heard the four-year age gap is amazing. So there's no right age gap. Yeah. Like you, that's simply not. It's just like asking, like, when's the best time for me to get married, or when's the best time for me to get pregnant? Yeah. It's like that's not something that anyone yeah. It's like can this tell is you. my opinion, but you yeah have your own life yeah. And I have no idea about age gap. Like what I want. People were asking me that on my Q and A. Like, when do you want your next? I'm like, <laughs> let me get through this. One. Let me get through this because I yeah. have no idea. Like, I don't know if I'll be just like let's pound it out. Like, or mm-hmm. if I'll just be like, I want to wait years and years. Like, I actually have no idea. And I yeah. feel like. It's good to not like rush that process. Again, yeah. like not not saying she's rushing it, but I think like it's good to just think on it. Like you don't yeah. have to make a decision right now, especially if you're 11 months postpartum. Like, yeah. You, you know, can do whatever you want. But. You know what else is now that you just said that is I I heard from so many people when Case turned 11 months they're so cute at 11 months. They're like really getting into their personality and they're not really a newborn baby anymore. It's mm. very normal to feel this like desire desire to have another little baby because you're like, they're so cute. I want another one. Like I want a million of these. It's like that TikTok sound like, <laughs> can I have more of these blonde bitches? Like <laughs> you start to feel that way. And I remember people telling me and be like, I see it because they're starting to kind mm. of have their independence and they're so cute. But that being said, it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier. Really think about why you want it. Is it just because of that? Because they're, you know, no longer a little baby. So you're kind of missing that newborn phase. Or are you really considering like, okay, I want my kids close together. I feel like I'm ready for it. I feel like I'm healed. I feel like I'm, you know, it's good timing, whatever. Yeah. You know. Also, you never know how long it takes. So to get pregnant, maybe you get pregnant super easy so you can plan it. But, you know. Sometimes you can't. So yeah, good luck. <laughs> I know. I know. It's always such a it seems like just such a crapshoot. I've seen yeah. a lot of people were asking me like, "Oh, so are you going to do IVF again?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like that's the plan." Just because yeah. we've never been able to get pregnant on our own. So like, on one hand, it's like, "Oh, cool, we can kind of plan it to a degree," but also not really because it's never yeah. guaranteed to work. But also, then I had a bunch of people messaging me. They're like. I did IVF, like couldn't get pregnant for years and then just like got pregnant naturally after my first. Like I really have heard that story a lot. I don't plan on it at all. I have zero expectations Mm -hmm. of that happening. But I was like thinking about that. I was like, that would be absolutely (laughs) shocking. So shocking to me specifically if Mm -hmm. like, you know, I was just like not being careful because it's like, well, well, we can't get pregnant. So it doesn't matter. And then like literally six months postpartum, I'm like pregnant again or something like just something crazy. I'm like, I cannot even imagine That'd be insane. It would just shock me more than anything. But yeah, you really can't plan it. Mm -hmm. Some people can. Some people literally like they just plan the month they want to get pregnant and they can. Obviously, I cannot relate to that at all. But I I feel like it is hard to be like, I want this exact age gap. Like, because it's just up to fate, You got to have maybe approximate and then go for it and see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) Do the best you can. I was going to leave on this thought speaking of childbirth because I've been taking this class. So I just wanted to share with all of the women here. It is literally so insane how much cool, like I was thinking about how men will never live up. Like (laughs) never. the things that a woman's body can do are so incredible and not even just childbirth, like your monthly cycles, how your, your body changes and like goes through so much. But how I don't want this to sound mean or condescending, but when you're, you know, if you give birth to a child and you've created this life, literally like a portal from some world to this world, and now they're just like their own person, that is literally cooler than what Jeff Bezos did building Amazon. Like, of course, it's so insane that it's just like, but it's so casual. And, you know, when pe- we, people do it every day, like it's happening every day, multiple times a day. 
when other women do it around you, it is a big deal to you. But at the same time, you're just like, oh, yeah, congrats. You had a baby. It's yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Like, so insane. So insane. So remarkable. So, like, marvelous what our bodies can do. And the fact that we're ever mean about our bodies. Like, I was listening to this. I'm like, the fact that I ever judge my body for, like, something little that I don't think is how it should look is absolutely ludicrous. Insane. Yeah. It's it so really stupid. Is. Like. What this body is capable of, and even if you haven't had birth, what it is literally capable of yeah. doing, or like gotten pregnant or anything like that, like your body is capable of amazing things, even just like healing yourself yeah. from like being sick or, you know, different things. The fact that we like nitpick it is so toxic of us. We're like it toxic, is. toxic, I don't know, like almond moms to our own bodies. That do so much for yeah. us. I know it actually is crazy. I've just been thinking about how insane like modern technology is, which is this is that's different. But like, I just can't believe the things that our world has come up with that we can do from IVF, obviously, you know, doing that whole thing. It's just like, I, I cannot believe that my baby was a frozen embryo. Yeah, They put it in me and then it grew into what it is now. And like, I've literally like seen... one day they'll be cracking jokes. It's like, no, it's, it's what? so I don't know if I've already talked about this on the podcast, but we were at we were watching a son's game and I'm like, all of those people started out as embryos, like yeah. all of those basketball players started out as an embryo and they turned into that. Like, yeah. it's just so absolutely insane. And even just like on the scans that they can see, like the heart and the brain and the like of your baby, I'm just like. This is so insane to me. How did you do that? And how who thought did of that? you do this? And that will be our next episode. Things we don't understand. Part <laughs> medical edition. Addi yeah, I can't believe it. It's really crazy. Do you have any other advice? Ones you're reading? No, Very good. That was it. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. Again, you can watch on YouTube. It's just what we said podcast, and you can follow our Instagram. It's also at what we said podcast. People were asking if we're on my Q and A. They're like, "Would you ever go on another tour?" And I was like gonna answer the question so I went to our tour album to like look and I was like that was so we fun. need to do that immediately that was so fun I know I was like oh my gosh yes like eventually they're like I know not anytime soon and I was like yeah we'll see when but like we've got to we've got to maybe we can just bring the whole fam next time yeah we'll see and, but, but we'll sleep in a hotel room together yeah like, of course of course <laughs> make the boys and and then the kids sleep in a different room yes I just so sent we Chelsea still this... have our late night Taco Bell <laughs> I know I just sent Chelsea this video is like girls night and it was like these girls making like they had these strawberries and they were like pouring melted chocolate on <laughs> and then it like flashed to like you know a realistic whatever it was like these two girls in bed with like Taco Bell all over them <laughs> and like talkies and I was like Pizza. And, yeah and I sent it to Chelsea she's like oh my gosh that was us on tour and it really was it was so fun mm -hmm. we do our shows just veg out at night and it was the best vibe we would be so hungry when we get back Starving. it'd be so late so whatever was open, Ugh. we would order. And it was usually just like that junk. feeling is making me wow. Like getting all that makeup off, taking the eyelash extensions off, getting, getting out of those pajamas. tight, yeah, getting out of those tight outfits, getting into pajamas, having, you know, a face mask on or something and then just eating junk food, Ugh, ordering nothing room service. Like it. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. So anyway, that wasn't me announcing we're going on tour, but eventually, <laughs> eventually, yes, you guys, we'll do more live shows. It was so, so fun. It was literally the best memories ever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, make sure you are subscribed on the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or YouTube, wherever you want to watch or listen. And we love you guys so much. And that's, that's what, what we, we said. said. Bye. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.